Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, the number one Detective Counter rewatch podcast, mainly because nobody else is dumb enough to attempt this, but we are. I'm Tyler Treese and I'm joined by Colleen. How are you today? Good. Yep. I'm the other dummy who's attempting this along with you. So we're covering a two-parter, the truth behind the car explosion case. How excited are you to talk about these episodes? I'm very excited. I remember this case vaguely, or I, I remembered this case vaguely, and then when I started watching it, it all came back to me, and yeah, it's, in my opinion, a stellar case. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't really remember a ton of it. I, I kind of came in with no expectations. I was like, oh, okay, an anime original two-parter. This should probably, hopefully it's a fun one. And then I came away, you know, finding it much more uh, emotional than I was expecting, and I thought it was a... A home run for uh, an anime original, but I'll regress for now and we'll get into the episode a bit. <laughs> I was just about to say, well, now that we have all, all our thoughts out of the way, we can just end it right here. Yeah, so that's it. That's the end of the podcast. Nothing more to say here. Nope. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Subscribe to the Patreon if you actually want some real content. <laughs> no, but uh, if you guys remember from last week, the Conan tent was Car Garage. So remember the car garage, Colleen. It's going to be important. I So I always make fun of these hints, but I think this week they had pretty good hints that actually had something to do with the case. So yeah, I'm all for the car garage hint. Conan says, in today's episode, a car explodes. The adult world is a bit complicated. Oh, don't you? <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken, Conan. I know. I hate when my car explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the other part. Well, that's just some adulting, you know? Oops, my car exploded. <laughs> yeah, never grow up, kids. Colleen, we do an anime podcast. I guarantee you most of our listeners have never grown up. Except for our fine patrons. They're all very much adults. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the episode begins with a woman being followed in a supermarket by a suspicious man in sunglasses. After the title card, we see Kagura reminiscing to Ron about the past. He says that banks used to have a bulletin board where the general public could leave messages, and he wrote one looking for work as a tutor. Ron and Conan are surprised that he was a tutor before, and Kogar explains that since he married while still being a student, he had to find some part-time work. Could you imagine Kogar being a tutor? <laughs> no. Um, even in the flashback episodes, I was like, who is that? <laughs> I mean, I knew it was Kogro, but I wish they had a little bit more of his personality there, because he kind of just... It wasn't the Kogoro that we know in the present day. Yeah, he was a uh, he had drank a lot less back then. Just one <laughs> beer after every session. Just yeah, just that's all he could handle. I appreciated also that they like put a little bit more thought around how the trio got to Megumi's house cuz like I feel sometimes that uh they just like and I don't mind this at all, but they drop us into a situation and Kogoro is explaining, oh, I got a call from so-and-so and now we're on our way to their house. Whereas this one, it's sort of, I guess, a little bit more organic because he happened to be somewhere. He looked at a bulletin board, reminded himself of the student, and then that's kind of what uh, triggered them going rather than just walking down the street and saying, hey, I, I remember the student and I'm going to go visit her. <laughs> Ron says that Kogoro and Eri must have had a tough time, and Conan chimes in saying that the one that really had a tough time was the person that Kogoro tutored. <laughs> like the only gag in this episode. 
Kicker says he was actually a good tutor, and the person he taught for three years is now in the law department of Jonan University. He then mentions that she used to live in Bakertown, and that he'll introduce them to Megumi Tanaka right now. Kegar is surprised at how little Bakertown has changed, and a nervous Ron makes sure that his father hasn't seen this woman in quite some time. He says that Megumi's father is a lawyer, and that he'd let him drink a beer after each shift, which is why Conan says he lasted three years as a tutor. A red car then speeds down the street that they're walking, and the man in glasses is actually driving the car, the guy from the supermarket earlier. They barely get out of the way with Kogoro picking up Conan, and Ron says that Megumi might have gotten married and moved away already, but Conan says there's still a chance that she's single. Uh, Ron's kind of already jealous of this woman, and she hasn't even met her yet, which I found was really funny. Hey, she's protecting that relationship. Yeah, very healthy relationship. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, when they get together, there's, like, sparks between them, I'm sure, but, uh, yeah, Kogoro does seem like he's trying to play the field. She tells her father not to try anything funny, and he asks what he can do with two kids with him anyhow. They then spot Megumi, who was the woman in the supermarket earlier, out on the street, and Kogoro waves to her. As he nears, she signals for him to wait, and then tells the car in front of her that it's okay to back up. A female driver named Hiromi Tanaka puts the car into reverse, and then it explodes, killing her. There's a stunned Megumi staring at the car in flames, and that's when Kogoro tackles her out of the way from a second explosion. Megumi then cries out that her younger sister is inside the car. So what do you think about this uh, very sudden death here? The car just exploded. Yeah, we're like not even five minutes into the episode and we've got our murder already. Um, Yeah, it was, just as you said, pretty surprising. Kind of like, okay, what's going on here and who could be involved? So I thought it was like, (laughs) it was an explosive start to the episode. Okay, I get your pun. I get you. (laughs) Give, Give me a break. Conan spots a fire extinguisher box, and Kogoro puts out the flames. However, it was too late, and he just shakes his head after seeing the body. Megumi falls to the ground in shock. She's then taken to the hospital, where Megari and Takagi are there to ask questions. Heck yeah, Takagi's there. (laughs) Yep, heck yeah, doing his job. (laughs) What a guy. (laughs) We learn that she's married, as her last name is now Sakihara. So, poor Kogoro. Yeah, but Ron, like, missed opportunity. Ron should have had some sort of emotional reaction, like, yes, or something, just to keep that joke going. But, I don't know, it's quickly dropped. I don't think it's the time to react that way after somebody was just murdered. Oh, oh no? Oh, okay. <laughs> Megary reveals that the explosives were rigged to the car and set to explode when the tires returned. Megumi reveals that her parents died in a car accident six months ago that her sister had been living alone since then. The car was actually Megumi's, and she drove it all the way from Nishitama today, since her sister's car was being inspected at an auto shop. Since Megumi isn't good at backing up, her sister was going to pull the car out for her so she could go home. How How's your driving, Colleen? Can you back up properly? Uh, yeah. Can you parallel park? <laughs> uh, yeah, on... Uh, if I'm having a good day, yes. How's your three-point turn? Oh, forget that. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I'm I'm an okay driver. Y- your cars never explode? Uh, it was just that one time. Oh, okay. 
Megumi says that it's likely Megumi was targeted rather than her sister. Megumi breaks down crying, and Megumi asks when she left her residence. She says it was 2 p.m., and there was nothing unusual about her car then. She arrives 30 minutes later, and the explosion happened at 3 p.m. That means that there's a 30 minute time span when it could have been set up. As to who it could be, Megumi says she was being watched by a man at a supermarket near her house a week ago. She said she pretended not to notice, but felt very uncomfortable. It was a stranger, but she remembers his face well. Megumi says that they have a portrait artist that can draw quite well, and that he'll be in touch as he leaves the room. Megumi tells Kogoro that she bragged to her friends that he was her tutor after he became famous, and Kogoro promises to track down Hiromi's killer. Kogoro then tells Megumi that Hiromi used to serve them both cake and tea while she was a middle schooler. While Megumi was quiet and easygoing, Hiromi used to joke a lot and was outgoing. Megumi says that after college, Megumi went to work for a securities company until she got married and became a housewife. Meanwhile, Hiromi graduated from a two-year college and had been drifting from job to job despite now being 30. We also see her working as like a model for like, at like a an car escort race. escort or something? Oh. I don't think... <laughs> Never mind. Was she an escort? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> that's, that's not what I saw, but okay. <laughs> the female portrait artist then comes out of the room and shows Megari the drawing. Detective Tomokawa. Oh, she has a name? Yeah, apparently we've seen her before. Okay. Sure. <laughs> oh, so you don't remember her? She she wasn't too memorable? I mean, yeah, all the many times that we rely on <laughs> portraits. How could I not remember her? Kona notices the man in the portrait is who was driving the car near the house. Ron agrees, and Kogura tells Megari that they saw him ten minutes prior to meeting Megumi. Megari asks if they saw the license plate. And Kona says it was a red RV with a Sinjuku license number. Wouldn't he be so suspicious of this kid remembering, like, oh, that's from Shinjuku, because I know license plate numbers for some reason. I think at this point he just thinks that Conan's, like, a really smart kid (laughs) and just knows random stuff. Must be. I mean, what other explanation is there? It can't be a drug Hmm. that shrunk the great Shinichi Kudo. No way. Don't believe it. Megumi's husband, Kazuo Sakihara, then arrives at the hospital. He asks how she is, and Megumi assures him that she's fine. He's shocked by this news, and is then told that Hiromi passed away. He learns about Hiromi driving the car, and then he's asked if he's ever seen the man in the sketch. By his reaction, he recognized the man, but Sakihara says that he's never seen him before. So this was very suspicious. You really thought this dude was, like, the killer just from this. Like, the way he reacts, he's, a uh, very... Very no. bad. He he has no poker face, you know. Oh, Kaido right. Kid's father would Obviously, be very disappointed. This guy did not take lessons from <laughs> from that guy, but uh, like this at this point, I knew I re- uh, recalled what happened. So this was sort of like my my moment of realization. Um, but yeah, this guy, I don't know. They they probably needed him to react that way so quickly to move the plot along, but. He could have, you know, played, uh, he could have pretended like he wasn't surprised. Gagi then tells Megari that the investigation of the explosion has been completed and takes a look at the portrait. He says that he saw this man in a case that Detective Sato was handling, and it's the husband of a woman in Shijuku that had been murdered recently. So Megari tells him to contact Sato immediately. 
And I'm sure he's thrilled to just have a reason to contact the woman yeah. he likes. I mean, she had a great cameo. Who's not Colleen? Ha 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 Not you. Not you. Sato says that there's no mistake about it and that his wife was stabbed to death on her way home from a convenience store at night. His name is Hiramasa Takahashi and he's an employee at a chemicals company. His wife was named Sachiko and they believe the murder is random, although she did have a very expensive insurance policy covering her. Turns out that Takahashi was in debt, so he's also a suspect, but he has a perfect alibi for the town. What did you think about this guy? So, I, well, you just said you figured it out, so you knew that they they were in cahoots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew it was uh, one of those murder exchanges. So how how far did your memory go? Did you remember everything about the wife as I well? I remembered up till uh, the evidence. I remember, like, the motive and kind of the, the old switcheroo, the trick, if you will. But I couldn't recall what the evidence was that uh, finally finally got her. No, I like that. The old switcheroo. <laughs> I'm sorry, my references are a little dated. Or not my references, my, I don't know, catchphrases. I don't know what to call it. Yep, Colleen's catchphrase, <laughs> the old switcheroo. So you can expect her to say that every episode of the podcast from now on. There's one of Conan's um, old switcheroo. <laughs> Kicker asks about Takahashi's car. And Sato confirms that it's the vehicle that they saw earlier. Takagi wonders if there's a link between the two cases. After figuring something out, Conan then tells Takagi that he has a cool badge. And he asks him to exchange it with his. Kigure yells at Conan and then tells Megari that it's an exchange murder. So Conan's hint worked here. I love when Conan has to come up with like a really childish way of explaining something. And just trying to beat them over the head with a certain like word. Like, exchange! Why Why don't you exchange <laughs> that with me, Takagi? Exchange yeah. it. It's also a little, like, Shinichi's already stooped so low that he has to resort to these kinds of things, though, to get his point across. So, I mean, back to our point, like, okay, so he doesn't mind talking about, like, license plates, but for something like this, he can't just say it straight out. He's He has to come up with some sort of, like, childlike way to to um possibly help the the police yeah it's really weird that he's not just more upfront like he's well established himself as like being a kid with advanced deductive reasoning so why not just say what you're thinking they're gonna it's not like they won't take it seriously after you've helped them on 500 cases it's not like he's dealing with strangers you know that's right but hey i mean it's uh it adds a little cuteness to conan so the deal was that Sakihara would kill Takahashi's wife, while Takahashi would kill Sakihara's wife. So Colleen, have you ever been uh, a part of an exchange murder? Have I ever been victim of a murder exchange? Um, or the person, the culprit? No. Admit to your crime. <laughs> I want. That's why we're here today. This is the long, the long con. I've been waiting to confront you over this. Uh-huh. Admit I'm to being your murder. Yes. Right. Okay. All I'm going to say about this is, um, Taka, was it, wait, which one's, Kazu got the short end of the stick here. Because he did his job, but he probably feels cheated in a way. He's like, well, dude, you got the wrong person. I mean. Yeah, Sideho got killed. So, 
Wow. Well, how else can I describe her? It wasn't his wife. She was just a race car driver model. Yeah, but she wasn't cheating on a... She wasn't ruining a marriage then. That was just a job. We actually don't know how long they've been seeing each other for. How long they've been cahoodling. Cahoodling. Canoodling. Whatever. Is it not Is that... Is that not a thing? Oh, I don't, I don't know. No, it's you're right. Providing it, it, an alternative. Yeah. <laughs> it, it all sounds the same. Hmm. Cahoodle is on Urban Dictionary, but I think they're just confusing it with canoodle. Damn. Another failure. But because there is an entry, that means it's legit. We'll go with it. So, uh, Kegger <laughs> says that the exchange murder would explain Sakihara's reaction to the sketch. Kagura also says that Sakahara was suspicious when he responded to Hiromi's death and that they might have been romantically involved. Meguri decides to investigate with that in mind and sends off Takagi and Sato. So they both arrive at Takahashi's house and they ask why he seems like he's in a hurry. He just throws his bag at Takagi and then runs off. However, the police quickly tackle him. (laughs) They arrest him on charges of assault and battery, and it turns out that there were a bunch of explosives in the bag, so he was basically handing them over, like, a ton of evidence as well. Yeah, like, of all the things to throw at them. So Sato congratulates Takagi on the arrest gone well, because this guy's a bad criminal. Oh, well, Takagi's just the greatest. That too. The next day, Meguri tells Kogoro that after Sakihara had seen the sketch, he called Takahashi and told him to make a run for it. However, that was a breakthrough for the police, and after learning that Takahashi admitted to the crime, Sakahara turned himself in and confessed to killing Takahashi's wife. They happened to meet at a bar one day and only talked over private phones about the murder plan after that. Uh, Takahashi would go to a payphone, and Sakahara had a private office where he'd take his calls. It turns out that Sakahara did have an intimate affair with Megumi's younger sister, Hiromi, and that was his motive. He was hoping to use Megumi's insurance money to open up a boutique for Hiromi. So, what a lovely murder plot. <laughs> did you find Did you find that odd, though? That the the whole justification, or like, whatever, the guy's reasoning for killing his wife was to get money out of her, and not because he wanted to be in an exclusive relationship with Hiromi? Well, it was a two-for-one deal. He like, gets both. I guess. But it just made me think that, okay, had it not been for Hiromi's request, he probably would have just left you know, his wife alone and would have just continued the affair with her sister. I also find it real funny that they just randomly met in a bar. Like, I guess they were just drinking, complaining about their wives, and then they were like, man, you should kill my wife. And he was like, yeah, you should kill my wife. Uh, let's Let's exchange numbers and only talk in private. That's how it goes. You've never had that kind of... <laughs> well, I mean, trust me, I uh, I often complain about my podcast co-host and say, boy, wouldn't it be great somebody could kill my podcast co-host? And they say, I have a podcast co-host. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, why don't we exchange? I'm going to have to watch my back closer now. Yeah, you get better watch out when you're at the supermarket. Saran so feels bad for Megumi, and Meguri says she was in disbelief at first and could only cry after finding out. Kegura promises to check up on her in a few days, and Meguri leaves after saying the case is solved. However, Conan isn't so sure and feels like something is being overlooked. Why is Conan such a worrywart? We have this all wrapped up, case over, this is a fine one-part episode. He's gotta drag it out to a two-parter. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he finds out, like, the, the very next thing that he sees um, justifies that that worry that he has. Yeah, so the show fast-forwards to Kogoro, Ron, and Conan about the Mimagumi. They realize they're an hour early, and they get coffee at a shop that was nearby the supermarket where Megumi saw Takahashi. That's when Ron actually spots Megumi getting into her car, and we see her back out without an issue, and she leaves not hearing Kogoro yelling out to her. Conan takes a look at how narrow the parking spot was, and wonders why Megumi asked Hiromi to back up her car. Conan then says, can this really be an unlucky coincidence? Or did Megumi already know the whole plot? This case isn't solved yet. So he's reopening the case. Ooh. Case reopened. Boom. Hey, where have I heard that before? That's the name of the show. The podcast. Oh. This show. Like this one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that. So what do you think about the shocking ending? Where it turns out a woman can drive. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, that that's the most shocking part of it all. <laughs> I love Conan, Conan's expression. Like, what is she doing behind the wheel? Yeah, I messed up. I hate to see a woman driving. Nothing. It's a, okay. it's very dangerous, yeah. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Next Conan's hint is window. Okay. Again, decent. Hint? When you don't respond to my sexism, I just seem sexist rather than doing a bit. <laughs> Maybe that's the bit. <laughs> Jeez. I pause for a comedic effect. Kenneth says, next time, the solution. And Takagi says, whether love or deductions, I'll do it. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but oh. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. He's not even in the next <laughs> He's part. not even in it. So we move to episode 151, The Truth Behind the Car Explosion Case Part 2. This originally aired July 5th, 1999. Conan says, stay right there for a sudden reversal of circumstances. Today's episode has the smallest cast ever. So I got excited hearing it was the smallest cast ever. But I was like, oh wow, is it going to be like one of those sitcom episodes where it's just two dudes like locked in a elevator together and it's like real low budget? You have some real conversations, and it winds up being memorable for that. But no, it's just like a basic episode. There just weren't many, like, he had just honed in on the one culprit. I'm not sure this was the smallest cast ever, because we still did see, like, a good bit of uh, people in it. Do you buy this claim? Well, it, it suggests that somebody over at the Conan production team is keeping track of this. So I was curious. I counted. Uh, we saw five of our main cast. Um, but there's a whole bunch of strangers in this episode. Like, there's people on the train, there's people, like, on the street. So, I guess they're not counting those folks, because they're just extras. But if you're looking at our main cast, it's just, you know, Kogoro, Ron, Conan, Megumi, and Megure. Megure. Alright, so if you're saying five? So, maybe it's the smallest? Alright, so maybe the smallest ever. I mean, but I like your idea. Like, just have Conan in an elevator with the culprit and see what happens. Yeah, I want to see him try to convince them to turn themselves in. It's like, hey, I can't get any evidence because we're stuck in here, but ah, we know you did it. Come on. You can't kill me. They'll <laughs> open the elevator and see me dead. They'll know you've done it. Oh, 
instant one hour special. I think it'd be good. Like carrying in with one of the members of the black organization in an elevator. Well, that'd be intense. Which member? Vermouth. Oh, okay. I would, I think Jin would be good too. What about Vodka? He's okay. Anybody but that one girl with the tattoo or whatever she has under oh. her eye. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I forget her name too, so. It's like Chi Chi something. Chiba's the office. I don't know who you're talking about, but uh. Chiori? Chianti. She's barely in the show. She's like the most forgettable. I don't think she has a tattoo, too. I'm pretty sure it's just eyeliner. It could be. It's like lopsided. Anyways, sorry for anyone who's a fan of Chianti's. Have you never seen like fashionable eyeliner color? You're really saying a lot about yourself today. Oh, that I I don't know fashion. Yeah, that's pretty true. That is clearly an eyeliner design. (laughs) Clearly. Clearly. Let me check. Let me check the wiki appearance. Oh shit! It says a tattoo. All right. You know what? Let's <laughs> agree to disagree. <laughs> That's right. It's just a person who's writing the wiki. Like it's not the actual show you know what? creators. I, Don't worry. I Tyler. can hit edit and I'll change <laughs> tattoo to eyeliner. <laughs> So who's right now, Wiki? Just despite me. Who's right now? Alright. So <laughs> Now that we got that out of the way, back to the episode. Kenan tells Ron and Kogura that Megumi was likely here buying cake for them and that they should hurry up and go to her house. Ken feels like it's too early to tell Kogoro and he needs some solid proof before presenting it. Once they arrive, Megumi thanks them for coming. And Conan is looking at photos that Megumi has displayed. Conan pretends to go to the bathroom and he sneaks into Megumi's husband's office. He checks the phone that he used to call Takahashi and he spots some removed masking tape near the phone line. He believes something was set up there. After they leave, Conan says he has to go somewhere once they get back to Baker Station. I love that they're just cool with this little kid going off on his own late in the day. Like they don't even question it. They're just like, okay. Yeah, it's a little inconsistent with other stuff that they've done before. Like, Ron's always super worried about where he is, but not in this case, apparently. He heads over to where the bombing occurred, and he spots a cracked window with a wooden board placed over it. He jumps up onto it, and he has a revelation. He's figured out the murder. And that now... he can jump really high? Well, he know. has the boost to <laughs> choose. I think if he, like, cranks it up, he can get a little more boost. Ah, uh, okay. Well, they did not make that clear. I was just like, wow, this guy... <laughs> he might just have a 50-inch vertical, like, either or. So, Conan's figured out the murder, but he just needs proof now. When Conan arrives back at the office, he sees Kogoro drinking on the couch while watching some sports. Conan tells Kogoro his worries about the case and the evidence he saw. Kogoro asks Conan what he's trying to get at, and if he thinks Megumi had something to do with the case... Kegura then tells him not to be ridiculous and that he knows her best since she was his student. And Conan says that she may have changed after growing up. This angers Kogoro, who yells at Conan, telling him not to get cheeky with him. She hasn't changed a bit. She's the way she's always used to be. Uh, this is Kogoro. And Conan says he's sure that Kogoro wants to believe that. So uh, I think from this, even though Kogoro is defending her, I think the reason why he's kind of Drinking and being so solemn is he kind of knows something's up. 
Did you get that feeling from him that he just wasn't ready to fully admit it? But from what he saw today, he kind of had an inkling. Yeah, I would I would have to agree. And it's kind of really telling when Kogro gets into that state where he's very serious. He's kind of somber and a little bit more thoughtful than he usually is. Um, so you could definitely tell that his brain was going there and he didn't want it to. Kogoro then remembers Megumi and Hiromi telling him about a secret window, like the one Conan described. We then see the, his cigarette burn off as he just sits there. The next day, Kogoro visits Meguri, and he asks to see the testimonies of Sakihara and Takahashi. Meguri says he found out when Hiromi was younger that she took two boyfriends away from Megumi, and that she was only fooling around for the fun of it. Additionally, once Megumi decided to marry Sakihara, she jokingly told Hiromi that if she did it again, she would make her pay for it. I get the I get the feeling that wasn't a joke. Yeah. I mean, uh, isn't it like she, not to use this term, but she killed two birds with one stone, but she also got the, the cheating husband. Yeah, yeah. You know, killed two hoes with one stone, more like it. Oh, <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll take it, we'll take it. Conan is once again by the house, and a car drives past him on the narrow street. They really zoom in on this guy as if he's important for some reason. I, I had no idea what that was for. Like, was that meant to remind... Oh, you know what it might have been? The sunglasses. Okay. Could it have been that? Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> Maybe. That's when Conan has a revelation. He calls Megari posing as Kogoro, and learns that Megumi only ever saw Takahashi at the supermarket. Also, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to count him in the cast of characters. So I mean, they like, zoomed okay. in on him. <laughs> I know. He was like, very he might prominent. as well have a name. Yeah. <laughs> Conan asks how Takahashi was dressed and learns that he was wearing a jacket and sunglasses like a cool guy. Probably smoking a cig. This guy was cool. Yeah, because as we've said before, smoking's cool. So we had a uh, a smoking advertisement on my website uh, yesterday. And uh, one of our writers brought it up. He's like, I can't believe we have smoking advertisements. Because we haven't seen, like, a smoking ad in forever. And, like, we were just thinking about all the cool ads in the 90s. You know, the camel, camel, where he's, like, just a camel with shades smoking. That was cool. And there's, like, Marlboro Man, just a tough cowboy smoking. And then we were like, damn, we should all just start smoking. Because it's cool, Colleen. Let's start smoking. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't remember any of those ads. You never saw those like, ads? What about Newport? They always had, like, yuppies in their ads. Real rich people vibes. I don't know. Maybe I was watching some different things. <laughs> I don't know. They used to be in, like, every magazine I would read, too. So you're, that's why you're so conditioned to think smoking's cool. <laughs> the advertising worked, yeah. Yep. <laughs> After learning what he was wearing, Conan says that he's got the proof that he needed. We then see Kagura sadly swinging on a swing set by himself. <laughs> what a sad yeah. man. He's just sad. Like, obviously, Megumi meant or means a lot to him. Yeah, that... she meant so much <laughs> that he never brought her up before to Ron over the past, like, 17 years. And has never mentioned her ever again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, he can't mention her again. He he's just so traumatized from this experience. Even though at the end he kind of promises, uh, promises that they'll stay in contact afterwards or something. Yeah, I doubt he follows up on that. 
No, he's probably moving on to the next uh, woman. Kenan arrives home, and Ron tells him that Kogoro is in Akihabara and is about to go to Megumi's house. Kogoro said that he's the only one who can persuade her before hanging up, which confused Ron. Kenan tells her to also head to Megumi's house, and they arrive at about the same time. Megumi greets them and asks Kogoro what he wanted to talk about, and Kogoro just very bluntly, he says... Megumi, I want you to turn yourself in. And she's like, huh? <laughs> she's like, what are you talking about, Kogoro? Is that supposed to be like Gary Coleman? Is that a... Uh, what you talking sure. about, Willis? <laughs> Was it not? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Imagine I didn't... I made that reference and not... Like, not knowingly. Megumi acts confused, and Kogoro says that she took advantage of the exchange murder plot to kill her sister, who was having an affair with her husband. Ron tells her dad that it's a terrible thing to say, but Kogoro presses on. Kogoro reveals that Megumi bought a wiretap and an automatic recorder at a shop in Akihabara a few months ago. She asks the salesperson how to use them, and Kogoro presents the same types of items that she bought. When Kogoro said he was going to the bathroom earlier, he actually checked the office and saw pieces of tape showing the phone was bugged. She was planning on listening to conversations between her husband and sister, but instead found out about the murder plot as well. What a twist. You're like, well, I guess I'll figure out that my husband's been cheating on me. Oh, God, he's trying to kill me. Yeah, that's just messed up. Murder. Kind of messed up. Put that on a shirt and wear it. It turns out that they were wary of bombing the car at their home, as her husband Kazuha might have been a suspect. That's why Megumi then informed him that she was going to her, her sister's house. That's when Kazuya called Takahashi to commit the crime then. While she didn't hear that conversation, Megumi was certain it was going to happen and told Hitomi to back her car out for her. However, something unexpected happened during all of this, and that's Kogoro came to see her. She told him to wait and to keep his distance, and then had her sister back up immediately so he couldn't see through her plan. Megumi admits to buying the wiretap and setting it up after suspecting her husband of having an affair. However, right after setting it up, she decided not to use it and threw it away. She says she never actually found out about the affair or the murder plot. Were you buying this for a second, Colleen? No way. No, no, no. You know, I love to buy like $500 worth of bugging equipment and then just toss it away. Hey, maybe she could have sort of said, oh, well, I didn't see anything wrong. He wasn't being suspicious, so I just stopped invading his privacy. Megumi then asks, even if she did what Kogoro believes she did, what crime would she be guilty of? After all, Takahashi rigged the explosive on her husband's behest, and all she did was ask her sister to get behind the will. She isn't an assailant to murder, and she mockingly says, Isn't that right, Sensei? To Kogoro, who says that she's certainly one that knows the law and is a lawyer's daughter. So, we got some attitude from her. Oh, this is brilliant. Sure, attitude, but saying is pretty brilliant. <laughs> She's confident. Cocky, but confident. Are you are you turning this into a girl power thing where you're like, wow, women can commit murder? Were you feeling good about this, Colleen? <laughs> no. I mean, it's kind of interesting how she could use this to her advantage, but I am not condoning what she did. Kegura says that if all she did was get her sister in a car, then she wouldn't be guilty of anything. However, if she knew an explosive was rigged to the car, then she would be charged with homicide. Kegura grabs the picture of the two sisters and looks at it. 
He explains that after she had excused herself, Megumi had used the secret window to watch Takahashi put the explosives in. She had full knowledge of what would happen, and so that means it would be a homicide case. Megumi says he has no proof that she was watching through the closet. Conan then chimes in and tells Kogoro that he does have proof, the sketch of a man that Megumi saw. Kogoro takes a look at it, and Megumi again states that she saw Takahashi at the supermarket. Conan mentions that the police said he was wearing a jacket and sunglasses then, and the sketch has no sunglasses. Conan then says she'd never noticed him following her, and actually found out while listening to a recorded phone call. This is another thing with Conan where earlier he was like doing a bunch of like childish hints, but now he's on like full blown deduction mode. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's only Kogro and Ron, but we're gonna park Ron because she's not really doing anything. She's not even holding a flashlight. But <laughs> Kogro's the only one in the room, so he's a little bit like he acts differently, right? Than when the whole police force is there. I really like that Ron's like. Like, involvement in an episode has been boiled down to she's not even holding a flashlight. Like, that's the minimum <laughs> of involvement is holding a flashlight. In some episodes, she doesn't even reach that. Yeah. What can I say? Kagura says she saw his face from the secret window, and it suddenly starts to storm outside. I love what they did with the weather here, just making it more dramatic and intense. Really enjoyed this. Yeah. I mean, it was there for a split second, but some, uh, was it? called i'm not even gonna say it <laughs> okay yeah fallacy something something or other i can't remember what as lightning hits megumi's face grows pale kagura tells his former student that she saw the face of takahashi setting up the explosives as he didn't want to be recognized that day he was wearing sunglasses while driving he only took them off to set up the explosives as he couldn't see properly in the garage with them on and he wouldn't do such a dangerous job of wearing shades so that means the only time she could have seen him with the sunglasses off was while he was committing a murder. Pathetic fallacy is what I was thinking of earlier. <laughs> I really love that, like, this dude's like, I mean, I understand why he did it, because setting up a bomb is probably pretty complex. But I love it that he's like, gotta take the shades off for murder. <laughs> well, he a, couldn't see. I just imagine, like, like, a serial killer where he wears sunglasses 24 hours a day. Right before he gets, to, he's about to commit the crime. He's like, "Got to take the glasses off." I bet vodka does his work that way. Thunder erupts, and Megumi admits to the crime. She says that she remembers the good old days of studying with Kagero, and that she was really happy back then. I kept hoping that I could go back to those good old days all this time. She says, "Yeah, right." Kagero then tells her that fifteen years ago, there's an important lesson that he was supposed to have taught her that there's something more important than studying. He says that while he might not be able to teach her much since he's separated from his wife, it's not too late. I thought he was going in a very different direction when he brought up his wife. He was like, maybe I can't teach you to love now, but maybe in another life. <laughs> oh, really? I did not think that was going in that direction. Well, why bring up that he was separated from his wife other than to say he's fu- I guess he's saying he's messed up, but I don't know. It's, it just seemed like a weird thing to be like, you know I'm single. <laughs> Till the very end, Kogoro's pushing that train. No, like, it was kind of... I thought he was going to talk more about the mistakes he's committed. Or committed. The mistakes he's made in his marriage. Um, But yeah, it it was like a blip in in his final speech. So he he didn't have to bring Aerie up. But, like, it didn't add anything to his... To what he was saying. 
He tells her to repent for her crime and to study all over again, but this time to study life. She asks Kogoro if he'll watch over her again, and he says he will gladly. Um, so I, I kind of doubt that. But hey, you know, we were talking about this on the Discord about how it kind of has like a sliding timeline, and it's hard to say much time has really passed in the canon universe. And she probably got, what, 25 years, 20 years, 15 at least, for this murder. So uh, it'll be a while before he has the, has the chance to look over her, I guess. Yeah, it'll be like episode 5000. After the ending song, we see Kegger drinking at his desk in despair. Ron and Ken remark how hard it's been on him. And Kegger then gets a phone call. It's from Yoko Okino, the uh, idol. And he instantly cheers up. He says that he'll go to her concert and cheer her on. Well, he even tutor her, Colleen. What a nice guy. <laughs> like, that was so random. <laughs> How old is Yoko Kino? Ah, <laughs> uh, like 25, maybe. What's he tutoring her in? And being an adult. She's Don't 22. the ways of love. She's 22. And the ways of love. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Sorry. He says he'll do anything for Yoko, and that's when Ron says they've got nothing to worry about, and Ken remarks that it really takes no time for the old guy to get back on his feet. I know, what a bounce back. Well, hey, man, he, he realized there's more hot women out there. Respect. <laughs> more f- fish in the sea. Respect. <laughs> well, you gotta respect just getting back out there. Not getting back together with his wife, no. Absolutely not. She had her chance. She had her chance with this hot stud muffin. Yeah, the sleeping kangaroo, man. A lot of women would want to be with him. Oh, she must be regretting... Breaking up with him. We just haven't seen any on the anime. <laughs> uh, so, Colleen, what do you think overall about this anime-only two-parter? Well, I was super surprised that it was an anime original. Uh, I, the entire time I was like, hey, you know, Go Shoyama is doing a pretty good job with this case. And then I realized that it's not him who should be credited. Uh, so, good on the creators of this episode. I thought it was stellar like i really enjoyed watching this um it was one of those rare cases where even though i knew what was gonna happen uh at least most of what was gonna happen i I was still intrigued by it um i thought it was like super brilliant uh like the trick wasn't even like uh you know string or bodies being hoisted to different places it was sort of like all in her head but i thought um like it was all laid out perfectly and she thought through it and realized okay well there's no way that they could find evidence that i did it because somebody else set it up so she totally used it to her advantage um again like she's not the greatest person like i even if she was wronged i don't think she should have resorted to killing her own sister (laughs) but um the way she went about it was at least in terms of the trick, I thought was very interesting. Um, the murder exchange part, uh, again, I, I love that trope. It's nothing new. It's something that's been done before. I mean, Hitchcock did it in um, Strangers on a Train. But I did love the twist that the intended victim found out about it. So, yeah, I just thought that it was really well put together. The first episode had me uh, really piqued my interest and the... Like the first part of, or the first half of the second part, while it was slow, I thought it was nice to have a little bit of a breather before getting to that final uh, part of 
the two, the second part where like you realize what the evidence is. And I was like floored by it. Cause I, I didn't realize that it would go back to, you know, that drawing. It, 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 so it was just so nicely balanced and yeah, it's uh it's probably gonna be one of my top anime originals for at least this second portion uh of the show that we're looking at anime originals i guess yeah yeah i completely agree i thought it was a fantastic episode there's a lot more emotional depth than i was expecting because generally with like anime originals uh, like we've seen recently like they can be really fun episodes they can be easy breezy watches but usually they kind of don't really hit super hard at hard to heart and they didn't really hit home but you know this one really succeeded in that you know you really saw the pride kogro took in being a mentor and then it just eats him up inside seeing that this person that he took under his wing uh you know went to turn her back on law you know she was a she's gonna be a lawyer and enforce the law and then instead she broke the law but you know Unfortunately, she was born a woman, so what could she do other than go to a life of crime? Right. I mean, she was she's genetically programmed to just do that. I'm so excited for when you murder me, <laughs> Colleen. <laughs> Personally, let me just put that I out there. That's like I don't even know what that makes you. It's not even like you're a masochist. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so thrilled, but like, yeah, I thought it was a really great episode. I love the Kogoro development. And while, like, maybe not really showed a new side to it, it's nice seeing him solve a case again. It kind of did help at the very end, but, you know, he I feel like he put a lot of clues together, even though Conan got in the way. I kind of wish they had gone a little bit more to where Kogoro did just solve it himself. Give him a bone. Let Conan take the side. He can take the be in the background a little bit for an episode. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred if Kogoro had put the whole thing together. But, you know, still, I don't feel like Conan's involvement was that huge. So I still like that. Kogor was shown being competent and, you know, was putting this all together, even while I didn't want to admit it because of his personal relationship. So I thought that was a really interesting dynamic. I thought the core mystery was interesting. I kind of didn't know how they would stretch it out for a whole second episode, but I thought the pacing was fine. Because it was, at the the end of the first, you're kind of like, well, we already know how the murder happened. What else is there to really figure out here? But, you know, there were enough twists and turns. And I think by focusing more on the emotional aspect of Kogoro, they were able to use up time without it feeling like filler or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, So I really enjoyed that. So I thought this was a really great uh, anime original. Yeah. Despite even uh, like keeping the gags to a minimum, like a little bit at the beginning, and you kind of leave people with a um, a positive note at the end. But like there this I wouldn't call this a particularly funny episode, but it was so enjoyable to watch. Regardless. Alright, so the next Conan's hint is window pane. So be on the lookout for that window pane next time, Colleen. Not window, but window pane. So then we get the gag at the very end. Conan says, Next time, a mysterious old man. And then Gasa says, Jeez, young people these days. But in a German accent, you know? Yeah, and his Japanese in a German accent. Kind of then says, is he the mysterious old man? And Ron says, no idea. All right. Next podcast, we will be doing the mysterious old man disappearance case. So apparently the old man's going to disappear. We won't see him much. Hmm. Is he like doing a magic trick? Is this like the first Kaido kid? Do you think he uh, dies in his disappearance? Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with no. 
because then it would be the mysterious old man murder case. I will say he does. All right, we will see who's correct. But wait, there's more. What? We will also be covering <laughs> Detective Kanenuno. You've asked for it. You've been waiting for it. You've been craving it. We're finally going to talk about No the one's asked for it. You're going to finally hear about the Detective Cannon Uno cards that I bought. Does anyone care? Well, that means it can be a tax write-off for me, Colleen, because <laughs> I used it for work. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what. I'm very interested to hear about this Uno. So if, it's, if it interests nobody else, at least I'll be here listening to your deep dive review of this Detective Conan Uno game. Yeah, we're going to find out who's on the cards, how they feel, the texture. We're going to go through all, all that of good them, shit. All the rules all of the game. that good shit. We're going to do a live Uno. game. Maybe not that. Oh. <laughs> we'll have that next time. And we got to give some shout outs to the patrons that have really been showing some love to the show, which we appreciate. Because God knows we need love. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, I think you need some love, Tyler, because you're like, oh, I'm so excited for when you murder me. I'm like, um. And maybe you need love or you wouldn't be thinking about murdering people. I'm you know? not. <laughs> Let's not lie. So I want to give a give a shout out to Spencer, Big Chief Mason, Medium Size Jeffrey, Medium, Ryan Self, William Lee. So shout out to all of them. We appreciate your patronage and making this show possible. We just did. We just had a the Magic Kaido episode go up on our Patreon, which it's been so fun getting to go into Magic Kaido specials and see a new side of Kaido Kid. Hasn't it been calling? It has been, yeah. Um, yeah. There's just more of Kaido Kid to love. Yeah, we're gonna jump into the Case Closed episode three soon, which is exciting. Yaiba. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. So, what is the third episode of Case Closed? Oh, is that the Yoko Okina? We'll get to see more Yoko Okina. Oh well, sure. that's quite timely because Kogoro just got a call yeah. from her. Wow, it all connects. She said, "My boyfriend's gonna die." <laughs> oh. It's like, <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm in need of there. a tutor. And of course, if you if you can't cough up the money. We always, we've already covered these case closed episodes, so you can check the dete- Detective Conan counterpart in the archives. We did episode three way back. You weren't even on the podcast back then, Colin. No. So if you want to reminisce about the good old days when it was just a manlier podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Go listen to that. You're probably going to get yeah. better content. But you can get the female perspective, learn about the dub changes, all that fun stuff on the Patreon. So. Yeah, go, I'm going to go through the laundry list, as I always do, as <laughs> I'm sure nobody cares. <laughs> oh, I care. I find it fascinating. It's just amazing to see how me- meticulous you get. And I'm like, wow, she's going to do a great job murdering me. She'll get all the little <laughs> details right. Won't skip a thing. Won't leave any evidence behind. None of these, like, messy, oh, why are there, like... Yeah, you're learning from Conan. <laughs> You're waiting until you come across, like, the right murder from Conan to implement on me, and you're like, ah, that's it. Yep, I need that inspiration. So, hopefully she finds it soon. But Yeah, it might be, like, 800 not, episodes we'll, from now. We'll keep on doing this podcast each week. So, we'll see you all next time. I want to thank you, everybody, for listening, supporting the show. Follow us on Twitter at Case underscore Reopened. The Patreon link is patreon.com slash Case Reopened. No underscore. And, uh subscribe to the show okay bye thanks everyone and remember one truth always prevails